Hello, hello. Episode 10? 11? <laughs> Season 2, episode 11. Season 2, episode 11. I've lost count. We've done, we're over like uh, 25 or 26 now, which is amazing and uh, super pumped about the fact that we've been able to be consistent with this every single week. You know, be able to launch on Mondays. Yuri's done a phenomenal job of getting this out there. And just excited about today. Today is a huge episode. Uh, there's some major transitioning going on with one of us. We'll get into that a little bit here. And uh, it's special because we have Bill Sims on, as you guys know. Billy's been on a couple of times providing some systems versus goals. Today, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Although, be it being a first-time home buyer, there is a system and a process that should be in play for anybody looking to do that. And we're going to deep dive into that today as well. But Billy, welcome back. Hey, happy to be here, guys. Congrats on uh, season two, whatever episode you guys decided we're on. <laughs> yeah, episode 11 <laughs> still. Episode, Yuri knows. He's the one who does all the editing. So we'll start off with the traditional. Yuri, how was your week and how's the weather? My week was great. I worked at Chives Restaurant, which still should sponsor us for mentioning Chives so many times. But I had a really good week. Kids are fine. It's getting warm outside, which which means our outdoor studio is completely gone <laughs> until next Til season. Next winter, yeah. yeah. However, you know, there are plenty of spaces we can create our outdoor studio for summer by the lake at Monty's house. So if yeah, you oh, want to yeah. do anything yeah. funky or make some cool video project, we can't maybe write on a unicorn inflatable <laughs> tube. You never know. <laughs> as long as your imagination works, you'll make it work. Yeah, for sure. Yep, and it's getting warmer outside. It's finally hitting about 40 degrees. Beautiful day today. It actually looks almost like summer from the window, which only means in Wisconsin that you're about to get another foot of snow in a week <laughs> and a half. We secured some hand sanitizer, so we're all good to go on coronavirus here in our studio. <laughs> Bill brought his own little sample. Mine has his little sample. So we're all good and safe, guys. Yeah, I'm not as concerned about it as Billy is, but Billy's, uh, he made a good point to me last week is being in our the age that we are, we don't have a lot to worry about ourselves, but for those that are a little bit older and immune systems and things like that, we need to be, I guess, stewards of what we're doing and how we're presenting ourselves, especially to the, the older generation so we're not infecting them. I'm not worried about me dying, it's other people. Yeah, you always have to care about elders and your loved ones, especially your parents, grandparents. All the old people? Older, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No need to panic, but there are certain precautions to put into effect just that I think are good ideas in general. For sure. Sure, sure. So yeah, as Monty mentioned today, we're going to try to re-record our first home buyers episode. First one, we did pretty good work. However, our microphones were not cooperating. So the sound quality was just horrendous on that one. So it was double and triple echo. But today we're going to add Billy Sims to our mix and make this episode even more exciting and give you even more golden nuggets, guys. We got some pretty good experts on today, I think. Yeah, and I think the timing is right too. With it, the weather warming up, we are entering the busy season in real estate. April and May are typically the busiest months as the weather warms up, so I, I think the timing is perfect. Yeah, and the school year coming to close, people looking to, to move around and, and go from there. So, uh, But I do have some big news today as far as just taking action. It is a pretty significant junction in my life 
And you guys have heard my story over the last six months of us doing the podcast about being at NCSA and working two full-time jobs, being a real estate agent, being a house flipper, being podcast hosts, helping volunteer with grit. It was came a time now where I needed to make a, a decision and a transition. And luckily for all you listeners, if you actually like me, I'll be sticking around for a while. But I'm actually leaving NCSA at the end of April is the tentative date. What NCSA has provided for me over 10 years has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. The relationships that I gained from working there, the life experiences that I've had, you know, just watching an, an amazing company grow from where it was 10 years ago to where it is now and to see how many kids and families we've been able to impact in that period of time since I've been there. We've had over 150,000 student athletes go to college through our network, which is wow. which is pretty incredible. And I've spoken to and educated about 10,000 families myself, and I've worked with about 4,800 to 4,900 kids. By the time I leave, I might be close to 5,000, but uh, just like what the company has provided for me and hopefully what I've been able to provide for them for 10 years of leadership and loyalty and inspiration has been great, but it is time for me to transition on. I've hit a little bit of a dead end there and it's not coinciding with my personal goals and just looking to have a little bit more freedom and uh, be able to build my my real estate career and it's ironic that Bill's on today because you know he's given me that platform to be able to go out there and start working in real estate and, and so I'll be able to do some more give back with the kids in the community and kids that are a little bit closer to home and I look forward to doing that at some point but right now I'm just really excited to expand my real estate career and, and move on so for anybody who's listening from NCSA from the bottom of my heart it's been an incredible experience an amazing company from Chris Krause who founded the company who has provided that leadership through Lisa, our president, and then to Corey and now Bo, who I work for. It's been great. And all my teammates that I've had over the last 10 years, and a lot of these are lifelong relationships that I know I'm going to carry with me. It's been awesome. So just really excited to move on to the next chapter. A little bittersweet. It's hard leaving after 10 years, but it it feels good. And uh, I feel like it's the right time and time for me to take some action on my life. Yeah, for sure. And Monty, you mentioned you almost got the personal record and then say right you mentioned a couple weeks ago on numbers I'm up there as far as career leaders and enrollments and things like that anytime you can touch and work with 5,000 different student athletes over the course of 10 years you know you're making a huge impact it's not all of them you know some of those kids like I gave them the tools and the vehicles and they didn't use it I mean that's not on me for those kids you know I've been invited to weddings I've been to a lot of college games I've been to a lot of high school games especially with the kids in the area I've even went to and defended a kid in court who got in some trouble. So I know I've made my impact and it's time for me to run and go on my own and get back to the uh, the normal, I guess I wouldn't say normal because I'm not a normal guy. I'm never going to work a nine to five type of job, but get back into building my empire and uh, impacting as many people in a different way now and hopefully in a positive way. As we joke all the time, so you master one career and now it's time to move on on the next venture, next project and suck at something else and master it. Yeah, I'm excited to fail and learn and fail and learn until I actually succeed. So, and I'm pumped. And Billy, I know, like you said, we, you and I have talked a lot about this over the last year and a half. This was ultimately kind of the goal when you brought me in the office in that November before I started working with you and, and working for you. And that was really a, a turning point for me because you you had the confidence in me right away that I didn't have. And that kind of gave me the drive and the, the understanding that you gave me the push I needed, which was pretty cool. It's been great seeing your progress. You're ahead of schedule a little bit, which yeah. is exciting. And I think you're starting some big things in the real estate world. Yeah, I think originally it was about November of this 
year that was or the end of the year was really my goal the market and we'll get into that a little bit here too has helped me dictated that a little bit too it's there but it's just exciting when the other thing is too is i get to help yuri along now and he's going to become part of the team and i know there's going to be others that are that are going to be there and so the take action real estate team will be coming pretty soon as well excellent so yeah let's take some action and first home time buyer tips yeah, tricks advice tips yep so we're going to get into that a little bit today so bill i'll kind of throw the questions out there i feel like this is kind of yuri and i understand the first time home buyers we get it but you're really the expert in this and so i'm going to throw up some softballs for you here but <laughs> all right <laughs> let's hit them as far as a first time home buyer what you know really do you advise somebody that's first time home buying or somebody even, you know, that's lived in a house for a long time who hasn't bought or sold a house in maybe 10 or 15 years. What do you advise them on initially to really start looking at? I think your first steps are assembling a team. So you're going to want to find a real estate agent that you trust and have confidence in. You're going to want to find a lender who can guide you through the process as well. And one of the first steps would be getting pre-approved. Make sure and check out the different mortgage options out there and uh, the different lenders and the same thing with the buyer's agent. You know, I think it's generally a good idea to have a buyer's agent representing you, helping you through the process. The representation is typically free, so not a lot of people who are first-time home buyers know that. They may think that it costs them money out of pocket to have somebody represent them on the buy side or that they can only get into certain properties, but that's not accurate. Representation is typically free. Buyer's agents get paid from the listing agent out of the listing agent's commission. Any real estate agent can get you into any property that's out there. So it doesn't matter if it's a Sims Realty listing or a Coldwell Banker or a Delaire listing, any agent can get you in. So figure out who's a good fit for you and start to assemble your team. What are some things as far as pre-approval, what are some things that before they would go to a lender that they should be aware of? Well, I think it's a question better suited for an actual lender, but there's going to be certain documents and things that a lender requests. And it depends on your specific situation. So if you do have some credit issues, it's best to talk to a lender sooner rather than later, and he or she can help guide you on how to improve your credit. They'll let you know what you need to do, whether it's opening a credit card and making some payments if you don't have any credit, or just making sure you're paying things on time as they are. They're typically going to request a W-2, some payment stubs. They're going to ask general questions about uh, your employment history and things of that nature. But every lender has different programs, and so it's typically a good idea to talk to a traditional lender like a bank and talk to an actual mortgage broker and then talk to a, a credit union and compare what each entity or person has to offer because they are different. Yeah, and there's different programs. You know, sometimes you can get a program that's really low down payment too. So a lot of people think you have to have that 20% down and so people will save and save and save and never actually end up getting to put that, buy that house that they were looking for or think they have to wait another two years until they can save that money up. And there's programs out there that'll do three, five, 10, some even zero if you find the right lender. It's not very common anymore, but they are out there. So like Bill said, do your research, find out what's going to be the best fit 
ultimately for you and, and your budget and what you're looking for when it comes to getting pre-approved. And it's even pretty easy, guys. Right before the show, I was doing a little research. We talk about that magic Google window all the time. <laughs> I open it up and click the magic button on Google A and I found at least five, six results with different programs for first-time home buyers. Basically, anywhere from down payment assistance to lower interest rates, anything you can imagine, just do your research before you go. And even from my own experience, we use a traditional lender and the guy was just phenomenal. Me and my wife were scared, but he went through every single option with us. He explained everything. We added a number. So we ended up being very happy at the end of the day and scored a pretty decent house. And as I mentioned first time on when we were shooting this episode months ago, me and my wife lived in an apartment for about seven, eight years. And one day I just got really depressed. We ran numbers and for many years renting an apartment at $800 a month, I did basic math and we potentially could have paid off more than half of the house. And with a market rising and property prices going up all the time right now is a good time the stock market might drop but well interest rates are super low right now this is the lowest they have ever been so if you're looking to buy you might see some people are saying well my house I don't want to buy a house overinflated in price, but you can get more house now for the same amount of money, basically, because the interest rates are lower. For sure. So yeah, the first step is pre-approval. It's very important. I mentioned this before two months ago, me and my wife showed up at the open house before we bought our house without pre-approval letter. And we did a walk of shame. She still <laughs> let it looked at the house, but then she asked nicely, who's, um, you have a buying agent, who you guys work with, how much money you pre-approved for and we didn't know any of that so do not make your mistake get pre-approved first especially in this market it's a competitive market if there is more than one offer and there's two different buyers and one of them is pre-approved and one of them is not almost all sellers are going to take the one that's pre-approved so make sure and do that just like Yura and Monty said that is a really important first step yep now you had mentioned the other thing is obviously buying agent finding the right buying agent and I think Aside from just calling me and Billy outright, which I think you should do first, uh, <laughs> what are some things that person should look for in a good agent? You know, somebody who is a reputable buying agent, or how do you find somebody that's willing to do the work in this market? What, what's your advice on that? Yeah, I think there's a lot uh, that people should look into. One is somebody's experience. So, how long have they been doing it? Are they doing it full time? Are they committed to the practice of real estate? Are they an expert in the area? So, that's something you want to do is let them tell you about themselves, their experience, their history. For example, my background is as a lawyer. That has definitely helped in going through contracts with buyers and negotiating. So that's something that I bring to the table that not many other real estate agents in the area do. Definitely want to ask them about their experience, their history. You also want somebody that's available. In this market, it's important to get into a property as soon as you're available to. So if you see something that just hit the market, get in as soon as possible because right now it is competitive. There's a chance it won't be there tomorrow. So get somebody 
who's able to work around your schedule, get you in there as soon as possible. One of the nice things about us being Monty, Yura, you know, myself and the other people on our team is that we all generally work together. If I'm your buyer's agent, but I'm out of town or have a different appointment and I'm not able to get you in a property at your requested day and time, I've got somebody else who can. And the same with Monty, the same with Yura. We'll get you in to the property at your schedule. And I, and I think that's something really important in this market. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that, that goes into it for somebody who is a first-time home buyer, don't wait for your agent to call you about certain listings. If you see something, say something. I think that's the other thing is, you know, you find out a lot of times is people will get frustrated during that. And you also have to realize that a lot of real estate agents have a lot of other clients. They're not putting you on the back burner. They're not trying to say somebody else is more important than somebody else. They can't realistically look at every single listing that comes out every single day. It's just really hard to do that. If you are in the home buying situation, you are working with an agent and you see a house you like, give them a call, reach out to them however you need to. I would love to go look at this address. Most agents are going to find a way to get you into that house right away, as Billy said. And find somebody whose personality works with your personality. Make sure they're a good fit. It's somebody that you're going to enjoy working with. Right. They're able to explain things in a simple matter. You have confidence in them and their ability because there's all different types of personalities in this industry, as you can imagine. Find somebody whose personality matches well with yours. For sure. You need to find the buying agent who's going to work for you. As Billy said, you need to have a perfect fit. Don't get a buying agent just because your mom or grandpa told you to do so. <laughs> <laughs> Call Monty. <laughs> Yeah, the only time listen to your mom or grandma is if they're telling you to use Monty. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Otherwise, and if they do tell you that, don't interview anybody else. Don't look at anybody else. Just just call me, and if you have to, give Bill a call. I guess he'll work too. So, all right. So on to the third thing. What was the third thing we had brought up? I think establishing the team, figuring out an agent, figuring out a lender, and then you just need to start looking at properties. Figure out what you want, figure out your absolute deal breakers. I think early on in the process, it's good to have an open mind and cast a wide net. And what I mean by that is don't pigeonhole yourself into a needle in a haystack. So don't have your criteria so narrow that there's just so few properties that are gonna fit that because I think it's better to start seeing properties to start with. So figure out what your budget is and it might not be what the lender is willing to give you, figure out what payment you're comfortable with. So just because a lender will give you X amount of dollars does not mean that you need to spend that much. Make sure you're comfortable with your payment. I think that's really important. So figure out what budget you want to be in. Then there might be certain bedroom and bathroom requirements, certain locations that you want to be in. And I'd keep it as simple as that to start with. Mm -hmm. So you cast a wide net. Anything that's in this price range in these locations with, let's say, three bedrooms, two baths, just have them start being sent to you. And you can get a feel for what's out there, what you can get for that amount of money, and then start looking at properties and you can start ruling things out. I think that's a good next step once you have your team. Yeah. And a good buying agent will see when it's hard, first of all, just from pictures on a listing as well. Some There's some out there that do a great job with listings. 
your and I now are doing video walkthroughs for our properties too. Even at that, it doesn't paint the whole picture of the house. You don't get the feel of the house. You don't get the feel of the location. And a good buying agent, by getting into houses, will be able to start reading your body language, will be able to start reading your expressions, start finding out the things that you really like about a house and what you're excited about and then what you're not. And then they can adjust the settings a little bit later on and finding that home or that resource. I think when the market is as competitive as it is right now, but you're told, oh, I got to go in and make the first purchase or the first first offer. And I think, Billy, you gave me some great advice is if you don't get an accepted offer on one property, it always ends up working out. And most people do end up finding the right house and there are very little regrets on the house that they purchase. Right. That's a very good point. There's always more properties for sale. So at some point right now, there is urgency to make an offer, but you got to make sure you're comfortable with it. You might miss out on the first one or two because you're not quite ready to pull the trigger and make an offer on something. Eventually, when you start seeing properties and you know it's the one, you'll be ready, which is another reason why I think it's a good idea to start looking at properties sooner rather than later. But if you don't get it, there's always more out there. Just make sure you're working with somebody who will be able to put you in a position, the best position to get your offer accepted because there are certain strategies when you are competing against other offers. For sure. And then if you have a house to sell too, that's a whole nother, whole nother animal, which we can talk about on another podcast. Then you have different contingencies and other things that you're looking for when you get to writing an offer. But before you even get to writing an offer, you had mentioned some criteria that people need to take into consideration of when purchasing a house. But what are some other things that people should look for when they're ready to make a purchase or before they're ready to make a purchase. Yeah, and and I think buyers generally do a good job of this. You know what location or area you want to be in, so pay attention to the neighborhood, the school district if that it might be something that you're going to be sending kids to later on. Resale value, shopping, restaurants, access to highways, transportation, depending on where you might work. All of those things do come into play, but generally buyers do a good job of kind of knowing that, um, sure. at least in this market. What about like when they're in a house and they're excited about a house, they've seen a house they love, what should they be looking for on the interior of a home? And a lot of that, a good agent will help them. So if we're working with somebody and the buyers mention certain things that they want, it might not be in our search criteria because again, we cast a wide net. We open the search up a little more broad. Once we're in there and maybe a buyer falls in love with it immediately, it's the agent's job to pull back the reins and say, hold on now. I know you're excited right now, but you did mention you wanted a fourth room for an office. Is is that a deal breaker? Because I, I know you're excited now that you're in this kitchen. That's wonderful. But is that something you can live with or you know it'll happen actually where some homes don't have dishwashers and buyers overlook that all the time if it's 150,000 or less listing um, a lot of buyers overlook that because they're excited so that's when you rely on the agent as far as looking for defects or issues with the property again rely on your agent for that too. He or she should be pointing some of that stuff out, but agents aren't the experts. So there will be certain people who are better and more qualified than others. For example, Monty, with having flipped some homes, are involved in construction. You have a very good eye to point out issues to buyers to help protect them on the front end. But if you don't notice it, there is an inspection contingency that will be inserted into the offer. We recommend that every buyer include an inspection contingency, and that just allows 
allows you a way to get out of a deal if there are defects with the home and the seller does not fix them. So that's something to pay attention to. Other than that, I just think make sure it's a good fit for you and your family or whoever else might be living there. Is it going to be something that you can grow into? If you have plans on expanding your family in the near future, make sure today you're not buying a two bedroom when you're planning to have a couple of kids within right. the next year or two. Right. Things like that. Start thinking about, okay, in three to five years, will this still fit me in where I'm at at that time? What are some things, I always get this too, because I think it can be overwhelming for especially a first time home buyer. They've never done it before. They've never gone through it before. And sometimes they get paralysis by analysis and looking at homes. What are some things that they shouldn't be concerned about looking at a home? I always think this is one that always cracks me up is I've had one before where they didn't like the house because of the paint color on the interior. Yeah. And that's, again, the agent's job as part of that is to point out the things that will be bigger issues than others. A lot of buyers do not have a vision to see what can be. And that's okay. But there are certain things like paint or even flooring is is generally a relatively cheap fix. So if it checks every other box for the buyer, but they go, you know what? I hate this flooring. Well, that's not a deal breaker, or at least it shouldn't be. That's just a money issue. Right. So maybe you're not going to offer X, whatever the list price is, because you need to redo the flooring. So you can present an offer at a discounted purchase price, and you explain the reason that the offer is at this purchase price is because they need updates. Now, it depends. The seller might accept it. They might reject it. They might counter. As long as you're comfortable with what you submit and the price, certain things like that, just cosmetic stuff should not be an issue. The the things you want to really look out for is foundation issues, whether or not it's a floodplain and big defects. But again, those will be spotted by the inspector. They should be spotted by the inspector. So any type of cosmetic, cheap and easy fix typically shouldn't be a deal breaker. And that's a great point. You shouldn't not to give an offer just because you don't like the colors of the walls or because it's missing a piece of caulk in the bathroom or the trim has a little crack. Why you having a good agent who will walk you through the process and explain you everything in great detail. So you should concentrate on major issues as Billy said, basement leaks or roof or your fireplace has a crack in it and about to burn down your house. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you will find certain buyers are okay with updating and making improvements themselves. And then there are other buyers that just want nothing to do with it. And if that's not in your comfort zone, even repainting a house, well then don't do it. As a buyer's agent, I'm going to tell you that's a relatively cheap, easy fix. But if you're not comfortable doing it, then then don't make the offer. Yeah. So I think the lesson we're getting across today, guys, is find a great lender, you know, something that fits your needs into your budget, figure out what your budget is, and then find the right agent that can find you the parameters of a home that you're looking for within that pre-approved budget that you have from the lender. Those are really the main takeaways. And then everything else in between there is really up to you as the, the home buyer as to what your likes and dislikes are about a house and you know whether you can live with it or you can't. Yeah. And just to quickly cover the process, you first time buyers have an idea of how that works. Once you see a property and you're interested, schedule a showing with your agent. Your agent should get you in there at your convenience. If you decide you're interested and want to make an offer, your agent will do research and he or she will research 
research comparable sales to try and find the basis of a purchase price that you make. There's a lot of variables that go into that depending on why the seller is selling, the seller's motivation, comparable home sales, whether or not there's another offer on the property already, if it's an older listing, if it's a newer listing, but work with your agent to come up with a purchase price. Go through the offer, include your contingencies. So typically that would be an inspection contingency, financing contingency, appraisal contingency. Those are all in there to protect you as the buyer. So you include certain things that say, assuming I can get this loan, then I will buy this house. Assuming it passes inspection, I will buy the house. Assuming the property appraises for the purchase price, I will buy the house. So make sure and include the proper contingencies. Once the offer is accepted, and there may be some negotiation back and forth, but once accepted, typically it will close within 30 to 60 days. And that's the time that it takes for all the contingencies to be either satisfied or waived. So a lender will typically request 30 to 60 days to go through the process of underwriting and getting you your financing. And then on closing date, you're all ready to move in. And make sure if you're selling a house that everything is out of that house. Yes. <laughs> little side note from a bad experience. <laughs> That we had. I wouldn't. It was an experience. I wouldn't say a bad experience, it but was it was definitely an experience. a learning experience. Yes. They kind of realize, holy cow, somebody didn't actually think they needed to be moved out of their house on closing day. So, <laughs> yeah. So if you're the seller, get your shit out. <laughs> as simple as we can make it. <laughs> you guys got a good layout of the process now in home sailing. If you have any questions on it, contact. Obviously, you're not in the Green Bay area. Or even if you are, you know, obviously call me. Call Monty. Call Billy. We're going to be there to, to support you. But if you're not in our area, find somebody who's a local expert that can be trusted in your area as a licensed realtor. Find your local mortgage lenders and find somebody that you jive with on a personal level that you can have fun with and trust and know that they have have your best interests in mind. And those are the types of agents you want to work with and interview a few of them too. If you don't know an agent you trust, personal circle, find somebody that interviews several of them until you find one. Don't just go with the first person that, that comes across. But those are the, I think the key components for first time home buyers is Billy, you did a great job of laying that out today. So we appreciate that. Now we get to switch gears. You know this segment, Q&A. Billy, it's your turn to ask us questions here that you might not already know. Are you afraid of the coronavirus? Not me we have a good friend doctor plus i also don't believe all the things i see on tv social media and on fake news plus to be jokingly about i'm russian i have so much vodka in me so i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sanitized inside and out let, let me rephrase that are you changing your daily habits at all due to coronavirus yes for sure my hands are so dry <laughs> just from washing them i take an extra precautions i'm not touching stuff even with my kids they wash hands so many times they sing happy birthday twice now while they're washing <laughs> hands <laughs> I think for me, uh, again, I'm not scared of the coronavirus. I think a lot of it is is media driven. I also think it's ironic that these viruses come up on election years almost to the T, either the fall before or the spring of. It seems like the last six of them have been on election year or midterm year. I think some of it is due to that. But I think just in general, I have changed my patterns. I do use a lot of hand sanitizer now. And again, it was really you that made me change the perspective. Like I'm not concerned about getting sick. What I could carry could get somebody else sick. And that kind of made me realize, all right, stop being a selfish ass. Take care of, clean your hands, wash your hands a little bit more. I have been doing that a little bit more. 
but I think it, it's not because of coronavirus. It's like it should be all of them. We have way more people contracting flu and common cold and things like that. Either way, it's made me aware of that for sure. Cool. Yeah. One more. It's one two. More. It's always two. What are you going to miss most about NCSA? There's going to be a lot. One is going to be for me, first of all, is just the, easily the people that I work with. And then just to know the fact that every night when I pick up a phone and I talk to a student athlete, they have the dream, or at least I hope they have the dream of wanting to be a, a student athlete in college and knowing that I have the responsibility and, and the capability of actually changing their life. And one hour phone call generally, and then actually seeing those kids follow through and succeed. Those are the things I'm going to miss the most. So really it's, it's all people. It's all about relationships and that part of it. But that's certainly the biggest thing. It's going to be hard for me to replace that in my life too. You know, selling a home, obviously you're impacting somebody's life and changing and altering their life, but not in the same way of basically laying the foundation for a young person's life. The other thing was fundamentally my mindset has changed quite a bit over the last few years too, just in, in how important college is. And I think we overblow college to say that every kid needs to go to college in order to be a successful human being or that sort of thing. And it's almost looked down upon. And after working with student athletes, and in some cases, me early on in my career realizing, yeah, you need to go to college. That's how you get jobs. That's how you do this. And now realizing there are certain professions where you 100% absolutely need to go to college and get an education and have that. But to force that on some kids, for me, somebody who's going to go be a D3 athlete and maybe they get some academic funding or something like that. But these schools are 40000 50. Some of these schools now are $70,000 a year. And for them to feel like they have to, in order to be successful in life, they need to have a $280,000 degree that pays them $40,000 out of college. It's hurting them and their future is more than it's helping them. For me, I have a harder time enrolling a student athlete. I'll give you a perfect example. I had a kid a couple of weeks ago where he he contacted us and he wanted to play college football and he was a Canadian student athlete. He's a good football player, but he's not going to get a full ride to play. His grades weren't to the point where a school is going to give him funding academically either. So basically what he was saying was he was willing to come. He wanted to be a plumber too. All of the things that I look for and common sense when I first started would have said, yeah, that's great. Let's get you onto a college football roster. And now I'm 10 years into the job and have seen kids come out of school and myself personally, where it took me 16 years to pay off my student loans to say, no, dude, you shouldn't come to play football in the United States and pay 30 or $40,000 a year to become a plumber. You're not, you're going to play division three football at best. There's no need to hire us to help you come here and play here, even though that's what you want to do. I just can't in my mind morally and responsibly have this family hire us so that I can put the kid $160,000 in the hole so that he can play division three football. Yeah, that experience would be amazing. But if he's going to be a plumber, go play on a semi-pro team and get that fixed that way. Get that team that team that way and go get paid right out of high school instead of going to debt. Cool. You're uh, Do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. 
Okay, I'm gonna get nuked for this one. <laughs> Are you a flat earther? Okay. No, I'm okay. not a flat earther, but I'm from Eastern Europe, and you guys know that the first man in space was Yuri Gagarin. So <laughs> during the Cold War, the Russians were the first one to launch, and Americans were the first one to land a man on the moon. And with all of those programs I've been watching lately, and conspiracy theory about the moon landing was fake, and all the facts go be fit so i think that will be the one for me so do you think the moon landing was faked or do you think it's real the way they described that it, it could be a good conspiracy theory it looked very realistic as it was faked and and a high-end level oh no way i don't think it's fake at all i think there's definitely fake documentation out there which fuels the moon landing was not real conspiracy theory and that's all i'm gonna say about that oh no this is something we can put out on for a poll let's <laughs> get some chatter on this one about do you feel like the moon landing was fake or not it has nothing to do with taking action it's just about arguing i think it'd be fun to do that yeah for sure the poll will be interesting plus yeah. yuri and i are on opposite sides of this so that's good too. <laughs> I, I think non-americans not to generalize but non-americans disbelieve that more than americans they want it to not happen happened well and especially for me being from eastern europe you know like during oh, cold yeah. war and russian united states come constantly competing to each other constantly throw curveballs on each other trying to bring somebody down for sure that's always a good one i always love that one there's some that are just so outlandish like what about bigfoot billy what do you think about bigfoot no way yeah, I agree. definitely not. It's probably a bear that's walking on two legs, yeah. which they exist. Yeah, I actually want it to happen, but it's, I know. Just come, they've never found even like skeletal remains of, of a Bigfoot. How about Loch Ness Monster? Mm, that one's more believable, but not in a lake. Definitely no. There are creatures <laughs> in the ocean that probably exist that we don't know what that's they are. That's what I'm getting at. But I as far as it being it. a Loch Ness Monster or something that's that big and surfaces. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Not in Loch Ness, even though it's a huge lake. Not in Lake Champlain with Champ in New York. Yeah. I don't believe Mermaids? It's not in 2020 we all the technology. We've oh, all the sonars and digital equipment. Side, yeah. side imaging. There's no way know how that, that stuff isn't there. There's things we haven't found yet. I can guarantee that. A giant... 200 foot serpent creature or a hundred or even it's like a 30 foot serpent creature or dinosaur or whatever you want to call it no way did epstein kill himself no <laughs> is mr hitler still lives in arctic pole in his secret third reich base <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is getting out of hand. We got to wrap this up. So. All right, well, Billy, thanks again for coming on, man. It's always appreciated. And I called you yesterday to, to do this. I think it was perfect timing. Kind of, I didn't know what was going to happen with NCSA in that transition. But again, I thank, thank you for, for trusting me to come on board with Sims Realty and represent your brokerage. And, and, and certainly, thanks for coming on here on a day's notice to uh, come on the podcast and educate people on first-time homebuyers. Yeah, always glad to join you guys. And it was nice and simple, Bill put everything so amazing i wouldn't be scared to buy a house after listening to this episode <laughs> in the meantime if you guys are looking to buy a house you know where to go you type in monty.seamsrealty.com it's idx website means internet data exchange so all mls listings are right there update super quickly and if you need to sell your old house you do monty free home valuation tool at seamsrealty.com and you can find out your value again 
of Monty or Billy Cole and we'll get your house listed for you. Can you tell that Yuri does my marketing for me? (laughs) (laughs) Great plug. That was awesome. So, and as always, you can find us on pretty much every social media platform. I've been doing a really good job the last few days of updating our Twitter. So if you guys are uh, on the Twitter, reach out. Maybe we'll throw the poll out there about is, is Bigfoot real or was the moon landing fake? or whatever. We'll have some fun with that next week. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Interact with us. Let us know what you think. We, uh, we're we going to have some merch coming out. So if you're interested in getting some t-shirts or hats, we're going to probably do a batch set at some point if we get enough interest. Yuri always says, if you can't understand his French, it is Google that you type into or Google as he calls it. Thanks for listening again, guys. And can't wait to talk with you guys next week. We will have a doctor on. So we will get the uh, real breakdown of Corona a week and a half from now. We're excited to, to see how that that's going to go to. So. Yeah, next week will be amazing. Munch is, is going to be a minority again because the doctor, Sergey, is my fellow <laughs> countryman from Belarus. And by the way, people always ask how Yuri and I met. Sergey's uh, Agent Zero. He's the guy who introduced us. We'll have him on. He's great. Uh, it'll be entertaining and he's got a really awesome story too. So thanks again, Billy. And Yuri, you want to Shakira us out? Yeah, we'll see you next week, guys. Shakira. Boom! <laughs> Boom! <laughs>